It's Flat Out RC time once again. My name's Andrew Sill, and this is the podcast where we talk all things radio control flight. We're talking radio control planes, helis, and drones. This episode, we're really focusing on jets, really, because this week I'm planning to maiden my jet. Everyone's been waiting for me. I've talked about it a lot. But this is the week I've signed up to go to the big event at Wangaratta down here in Victoria, Australia. Uh, the Wangaratta Jets event. It's a four-day jet event. I'll be there on the Friday and Saturday. Maiden on Friday, hopefully. Saturday, hopefully going to bring a video to you. So I record a video, take some photographs, all that kind of stuff. Might get a fly into on the Saturday. So this week's guest is, of course, going to be a jet guy. And uh, who else but to have one of the organizers of the Wangaratta Jets event, Greg Escort, joining me. So stay tuned for Greg. He's coming up. Don't know about you guys and girls, but it's been a busy week. So uh, if you haven't already, jump onto the Flat Out RC YouTube channel and you'll see a video that I shot at the Pakenham Districts Club, uh, Aeromodelers Club. Uh, I think I can get the name wrong and I'm a member of it. It's Pan Darks. And I remember when I shot a video for them that there was some fancy, the A's not aeromodeling, it could be something else, but anyway, I can't remember, but it's P and Dark's Club. And they have an annual scale event called the Monte Tyrrell Day event, uh, fun fly for generally scale kind of planes. And I shot a video. So it's that's live now up, uh, just showcasing some of that. Some awesome aeroplanes, Steve Wilcox's jets were sort of a highlight, some really, really big, big giant scale turbine jets flown really well by a good guy. So... Uh, if you're into that kind of thing, want to see what happened at the event, jump on Flat Out RC YouTube channel. Just get on the YouTube, type in Flat Out RC, and you'll find the channel. And don't forget to subscribe. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers, and if if I can do that in the next few months, that'd be really really helpful. So I've got I've got another video that I recorded today actually on a on a plane that I was down at the the flying club. So anytime at the flying at a flying field, and I've got my camera with me, I'm going to try to just film something, whether it be looking at someone's plane or just you know general vlog about the flying activity so a few videos planned i need a new computer my laptop i've got a great computer in my office for video editing that i use for my professional work but i want something for home and, and i did an update on my apple macbook air and it slowed the whole thing down so i think i'm gonna to have to invest in a new laptop that will help me speed up the editing process otherwise it can prolong the process especially when you shoot videos in 4k but it's it's jet event for me. I'm really looking forward to flying my Skymaster Viper Jet, two meter Viper Jet, running the JetCat P100 RX motor. Uh, I bought it secondhand. Uh, for those of you who don't know that I've got a jet, uh, people laugh when I talk about it all the time. But I've got a jet. I bought it secondhand. Really good price. Uh, hardly been used. I think it's two hours runtime on the JetCat motor. So that's going to be coming out. So I pulled it out of uh, storage, you could say, and checked everything. And of course, found a problem. One of the uh, the retract doors, uh, one of the little plastic sort of hingy connection points for the air ram broke. So I've, I've glued it back together again because I don't have a spare, which I'd prefer to have. Um, maybe after the event, I'll look. But uh, I'm going to give that a test run before the weekend, make sure everything's okay. Did a CG test. I think it needs a little bit of weight on the nose, so I've got to scrounge around for all my uh, lead and see if I can whack that in the plane up at the nose just to, to get a little bit more weight, just to, for peace of mind. It'll fly okay. It's on the wing spar, which they say is okay, but I'd like it a bit further forward as per their recommendations in the Skymaster manual. So that's a busy few days leading up to, um, to that uh, event. So looking forward to that besides that there's still hype around this draco e-flight i keep on seeing that uh being mentioned all over the place uh which is good to see always good to see a, a different model coming out especially stole planes i love stole aircraft and then working on a whole bunch of new guests guests to come on for the show which is can be tricky so uh plotting that and look i really want to hear from people as to what suggestions you, what kind of content you'd like to hear on these podcasts because uh, I rack my brains all the time thinking of different guests and uh, and sometimes I just want to hear from other people as to what they think would be good to hear, whether it be different people or different topics or a different approach, whatever. Best way to do that is to jump on the Flat Out RC website, www.flatoutrc.com.au, .com.au, 
and go to the contact us page and you'll see a form there just uh, fill it out and that email will come to me and uh, love your feedback or jump on the um, flat out rc facebook page is also good if you're in facebook or instagram and uh and uh tell me what you think so big week for me please everyone cross your fingers this friday and fly on the jet It's guest time, and this week's guest is a jet guy, a man that's really helped me out a lot in my journey getting into turbines. So really, he helped me with a lot of valuable advice. Uh, nothing like going to someone that's got a bit of experience to to point you in the right direction. And that man is Greg Escort. I met Greg oh, a number of years ago at a flying event. Uh, he was flying big prop planes, and he still does. Uh, Greg's a bit of an all rounder, flying a lot of different models. Um, Generally, he's got some good planes. Really enjoy seeing Greg fly his planes, uh, which he will tell us a bit about in our chat. But Greg's also involved with the Victorian Jet Association uh, here in Victoria, Australia, uh, on the committee and involved in in coordinating the Wangaratta Jets event that's coming up. So we'll have a chat about that. We'll have a chat about jets, about what's in his hangar, all that kind of stuff. So here's my chat with good bloke, Greg Escort. You could say it's jet week here on the flat out rc podcast but and there's no better person to join me than greg escort greg thanks for joining me thanks for having me andrew well greg oh, i've known you for a number of years now uh and you've really been a great help to me as i've moved into a turbine model which we're going to talk about it i am going to maiden it this weekend that that is the plan so i'm really excited to talk turbines this week as you can imagine but yep. Where did your journey in aero modelling begin? Okay, I started off with gliders as a young fella um, and just sort of progressed into nitro planes um, from gliders. But interesting enough, when I started with gliders, an elderly gentleman taught me how to fly and he taught me left-hand yank and bank stick which now makes me a mode three flyer, which I'm probably only one of three people in Australia that flies mode, mode three. I think so. Yeah. 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 So interesting enough, that set me, set my whole flight path for the way I, way I flew from that, from that day onwards. So mode three is a bit like mode two, but the opposite. So you, you've got aileron elevator on the left, is it? Yeah, correct. And on the right, I've got uh, throttle and rudder. Yeah. So it's, it's basically reverse mode two. Reverse mode through to correct you. And, uh, yeah, so I progressed into nitro planes from there. Um, didn't have too much luck with them. Um, just unguided and young fella and had me first year crashes with them. And, um, yeah, progressed from there on in and out throughout the years, I guess. Now, so just uh, no, slow down. How old yep. were you when you got into it? Uh Probably about 14. 14. Uh, what, yeah, 14. I'm always interested to know, what, what, how did you first come about sort of flying model planes? Um, probably, Andrew, it would, to be truthful, it's probably my, my grandfather was in the Air Force. So when I was really young, um, one of my great pastimes was listening to his Air Force stories. And that got me interested in aircraft from a really young age. And then, yeah, it just progressed into wanting to fly myself. And, uh, of course, back then, the easiest thing I could do is, you know, fly, fly RC. Yeah, it's true. And so you, you say you came in and out of the hobby, you know, what was that due to, let me guess, cars? Well, no, you're a car, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little bit of cars and a little bit of... Um, Basically, you know, going from gliders and they're fantastic and they're a lot of fun. Um, but uh, I sort of outgrew it fairly quick. Went into nitro planes, as I said before, I wasn't really guided into it. Managed to fly them, but had my first year of crushes. And that was probably, I don't know, late teens sort of thing. But there wasn't really that much technology around at the time that was fantastic. Um, and I sort of petered out of that a little bit. And then picked it up when everything else caught up. So when I started seeing um, more scale models in ARFs come out, it, it got me really interested and excited again, and I started flying again. But that would have been probably about a 
three, four year gap, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting that some people, some people don't like the concept of an ARF, but I think the the ARF was developed by the industry to solve an issue that existed, which was if you wanted to go and fly a model aeroplane, you had to spend a lot of time, invest a lot of time really, in building a kit. Mm-hmm. And and as you said, some of the technology wasn't great, which you weren't guaranteed whether that plane was going to come home after its first flight. Uh, would it be safe to say that you're more of a flyer than a builder or where do you see yourself uh, sitting? Um, yeah, look, I've, I've, I do enjoy building, but yeah, I'm definitely more of a flyer than a builder, absolutely. Um, I... Yeah, look, I, I've done my fair share and I've still got one plan I'm, I'm building at the moment, but it's, uh, I guess, yeah, yeah, definitely I'd tip a scale on the, the flying side. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I think, I think though that as I get older, I'm going to move more to building, like especially when I retire from work, I really look forward to sitting down and, you know, keeping myself occupied yeah. working on a, on a on a bigger project, you know, a kit build or something like that. But uh you know, yeah. some people sort of. I was at the flying field a few weeks ago, and a guy was spruiking an event that's coming at the end of the year, and says, "You got plenty of notice to start building your scratch-built plane." And I'm like, "I, I, I can tell you what I'm doing yeah. every weekend for the next five weekends." Uh, yeah, that's how little time. That's how how much I have to need. I need to plan my uh, my time. So getting <laughs> that time to build is a bit of a challenge. And thank God for ARF that uh, ARF you know kept me going, kind of thing. But Fortunately, I don't need any more yeah. planes, Greg. We've got enough in the hangar now. I don't need anything uh, to keep me going. Yeah. Now, I've always found it interesting how people find their place uh, in the hobby as far as the kind of models that they enjoy flying. And I've known you as a guy that's flown some pretty giant scale prop planes and, of course, the turbine jets. As you said, you yeah. came in and out of the hobby kind of thing. What led you from the nitro planes into the bigger stuff? Um, well, I guess... What happened was I had a, uh, you know, in and out of it, just trying a, a few different planes over the years. And then when the petrol stuff started hitting the, the market, that interested me. Um, I thought it was, you know, another leap because at the same sort of time, the radios got more advanced, the servos were better, the just general equipment across the board um, become better. And, yeah, that got me got me interested and enthusiastic again to start start uh, flying and I uh, I think I bought a Cessna um, petrol Cessna and I went wow this is totally different this is a game changer from Nitro and got addicted from there on and joined up a club and uh, a few of the guys then back then were flying like two meter wingspan warbirds and I thought they were at, which they probably were at the time huge huge planes um and that just sparked my interest in wanting you know bigger and uh scale planes scale yeah prop planes so you see yourself as a actually i I don't know i have seen you have got a a a big massive pits aerobatic plane but have you owned many aerobatic planes or is it more you like the scale kind of route uh yeah no like um yeah no I do like the I do like the aerobatic planes um I've got an extreme flight Yak fifty four which is me this plane I've got a yeah and I've got a uh, a pilot RC MX two which is a hundred and ten inch one which I'm building at the moment which is a in that heavy metal scheme um so yeah so I've got that and I've had I've had uh, three point three meter krill um. So you are in, a bank sky. Yeah, I, I had one in Ido's colour scheme, actually. Oh, the red one? Red, white and black yeah. one? Yep, the red and white one. Um, yeah, I've had a few aerobatics over. I do enjoy the aerobatic flying, um, as well as, you know, a little bit of everything. Where did, uh, so where did, where was, what was the club that you first joined and then where you're at now? Um, I'm at Nepean. So Nepean's probably the first club I joined with petrol planes uh, and I'm still with them and I'm obviously with the, the BJAA as well. Yeah, with the Jet Association. And, yeah. What's the club like down there in Nepean? Because I've never got down there because uh, it's down on the Mornington Peninsula area. Uh, yes, yeah. It's a good good strip. And... 
it's a great, great little club. It's it's a good strip. Uh, great guys, great committee on it, and um, yeah, it's pretty much where you'll find me most weekends. Other than you know, if I'm not at a jet meet. Yeah. Now you've meant to mention the jets, and and I do know you as a jet guy. What led you into jets? Yeah. Uh, a mate of mine, um, Dom. He was uh, he's been flying jets for a very long time, and he's sort of I think he well, his guidance led me into to wanting you know or flying jets. But uh, the fascination of jet, I mean, you know yourself, Andrew. There's just there's, there's something about them. Um, there's there's definitely something about a turbine. The sound of it, the its flight characteristics, um, just to, just attracted me straight away. Yeah, instant attraction to them. A lot of people say to me that it's it's an addictive kind of thing. You know, um, I had one guy on Ash Cox who said you, you just go and fly one. The first time you fly it, it's just like nothing else. And you know, it's yeah. it's interesting. I think if you're an avid flyer. And you've been around for a while. I think all roads lead to jets at some point in time. And I think um, we've really seen this okay. this big leap in the number of turbines that even I, I started really getting into flying, I think around 2011, late 2011 or something like that. And you hardly mm. ever saw, I didn't see many jets out, you know, at events and things like that. But guaranteed every time I turn up to a flying event, there's going to be at least two, three jets like... I was at the, my local club, uh, Packenham, for the Monty Tyrrell Scale Day. If you go to Flat Out Arsa YouTube channel, okay. you'll see uh, you'll see that video has just been posted this week. Uh, and we had Steve Wilcox there with a couple of jets, which are absolutely awesome. We had uh, Dave Shivers flying a jet. We had Philip Singh flying a jet. Benny Braytu was out there with a couple of jets as well. So, you know, there's yes. one, two, three, four, five, six, six jets at least at the event. Um have you noticed that? Like, well, what year did you start getting into jets? Is it something recent, or you've been doing it for a while now? Yeah, no, the turbines are something recent, Andrew. Uh, I think probably oh, five years now um, in turbines. Uh, yeah, yeah. You mentioned Steve Wilcox before. His planes are, are something else, aren't they? Oh, He's, well, what did he have there? Did he he had. The, he had the the big green uh, what is it the hawk the BAE hawk, yep and he yeah, had the yep. uh, the starfighter yeah he's which the starfighter. is oh, it, it's it's next level stuff it is just amazing to see and a lovely guy as well absolutely awesome he guy. Is. and um, to see the quality of the planes and even the way that he flew them he just flew them so well and that starfighter it just doesn't look like it'd fly. I, I, it amazes me with the uh-huh. tiny wings on it that it can actually get around like it does. And, and, it, and it was flown beautifully, came into land. I always worry about landings, but the landing was just a non-event. Um, and, and the Hawk was beautiful as well. But there, you know, we're talking about some really, as I said, I've, I've captured them on the YouTube video and actually had a, interviewed Steve to talk about his starfighter. So you know, if anybody's listening and yeah. wants to see the planes that we're talking about, just jump onto the Flat Out RC YouTube channel, as I mentioned. And, I want to talk to you about the upcoming jet event. Oh, actually, before I get to that, sure. you've joined the Victorian Jet Association on their committee. So the Victorian Jet Association I- is what? Is as in it's Victor- what is it? What does it focus the- on as, in the far, as far as an association? Okay. So basically they've been a, a, a club that's been around for well over 20 years and they – Concentrate and focus on flying off full-size airstrips. Example, Mangalore, Wangaratta, as most people would know. And they've really been um, probably pioneers of the next level of just fun flying in the turbine side. I guess that that'd probably be the best way I'd describe BJAA. Because, mm. um, yeah, it's not competitive at all, the, the, is it? No. No, it's actually the opposite. Um, the events are, are more right from, from day dot, and, and this is going from um, the older committee members passing it down. That it's always ever only been about fun, um, but with with a sort of a, a serious 
notes to it because we are flying off a, a, uh, a full-size airstrip. And that's a that's a real attraction, Andrew's flying off, a, as you, you will on the weekend. Well, uh, to be honest, I went to the Wangaratta Jets event a couple of years ago. Uh, when I had the magazine, I took some photographs and actually had your one of your planes in the magazine and took photos right. of it. And after going to that event, it really sparked my interest in turbines. And it's part of it is because of the social aspect of it. And there's something about me, it could be just the way that I'm wired, is I like to be part of things. Like, you know, And to be part of that event and some of the other jet events, you have to have a turbine jet. So now, it's every month the, the association is trying to organise events. We had a problem over COVID, during the COVID period, but are they basically every month? Pretty much, yeah. We try, we try to schedule one a month. Um, I think there's one month. Sometimes it's 11 times a year we'll fly. Sometimes it's 12. Sometimes yeah. it's 10. Uh, COVID obviously had an impact on, on what we've been doing. But, uh, yeah, it's generally once a month, which, which is a nice amount flying turbines. I agree. Yeah, I think you know, I think it's and, a nice amount. And it's interesting like it is a non-competitive event, but it's it's something that when I see the see you know the calendar go out and and the reminders that you know coming up to Mangalore just it's it feels for some reason it feels a little more important. It's it's not like it's not like going to a fun fly event that's you know a club puts on and everybody you know comes out. It's in between that, I think, and going to your local club for a fly in a kind of way. But, yeah, it's, it's something like, I don't know where it is. It's hard to, for me to explain. But every time I see the calendar, it's like, can I make it on that day? You know, because I really would like to. And I've been I've been holding off my flying because just to get a bit more um, practicing after COVID and then, you know, managing life and all that kind of stuff. But I, I scheduled in this Wangaratta Jets sure. events now. This Wangaratta Jets event, it's been going for quite a while now, hasn't it? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's had over 20 years, so two decades. Yeah. Um, it's just been a real good, iconic jet event for, you know, and, and probably one of Australia's largest. So it's been, it's held itself together pretty good for, for that amount of time for, well, apart from last year. Yeah. Um, every other year. And, uh, I think that's what makes it special is the the history behind it. It's a bit like the Shepherd and Mammoth scale event that you know we see. You know, recently, I think last weekend there was a big event up a casino, and that looked awesome. Like a great, great turnout, and and Tyson Dodd and his wife did a great job in in putting that event on, and especially after all the bad weather they had up north. But that Wangaratta Jets, mm-hmm. like you said, it, it's that yearly event, and it's a four day event, isn't it? It is a four day event, yeah, from Thursday to Sunday. Now, question on that: How hard is it to book an airport for four days? Um, pretty hard. We've we've uh, had a and like as once again it's been over twenty years, and and uh, people like um, Peter Agnew has, has done a great job with sealing um, a really good bond and relationship with with Wangaratta Airport. So yeah, it is. It is hard. Um, it's an event that I, I think that's VJAA have got themselves secure in there, and hopefully, definitely, hopefully, another twenty years have been in there with having that four day event. Yeah, and how does it work when you're flying at these full size strips? Obviously, you can't totally shut down the airport from any traffic that's coming in, but we know that like when Wangaratta is on an extremely busy strip, but uh, how do you manage the airspace as far as models and full size? Okay, so you do have a no tam on it, so it is um, set for us on the on the no tam hours uh, on the Pacific days. So you do, uh, apart from the air ambulance, um, just general air traffic um, are not permitted to land on okay. those days. Gee, that's and they, during those day during the hours, but air ambulance obviously. Yep. Uh, an emergency, obviously, but uh, it's it's just ran like an airport with radios, so we know what's coming in or uh, or what's flying over at all times. Yeah. Okay. So because of- essentially we're jets, yeah, and we are taking up airspace, and yeah. we're we're flying like any other aircraft. Yeah, it's true. Hmm. Now, the, 
Okay, I've got a few sort of self-indulgent questions about the event because this is my my first time as a competitor. So anybody turning up to the event, uh, we have access to airside, don't we? I can bring my trailer in, unload. Correct, yep. You can bring your trailer in, unload, leave your trailer there. Yeah. Um, it's secure. Uh, we put the planes um, in the in the hangar at night, so they're nice and secure as well and safe. Yeah, yep, that's good. Sure. So, yeah, so that's good. That's great. But I'll tell you what, the hangar that they've got there, which has, you know, all the, all the like a museum almost of planes on display and then, you know, full of jets is just a, a sight to behold. I'm taking plenty of photos in that hangar with the, with the planes and the jets there. Uh, mm. A format for flying is what? Just up and uh, go? For, yep, yep, up and go. From Thursday, yeah, from Thursday we're flying from around 12 o'clock. And then through um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, which is from nine o'clock to sort of four thirty, five o'clock. How do you manage the um, How do you manage the flight line? Okay, so the flight line works on a number system, and pretty much it's really simple, Andrew. There's uh, four bays, and when one bay becomes uh, open, you go into that and you, you make sure your jet's ready to start. Then when, for example, if you're in bay one and you look out the pilot box, when pilot one lands and he's coming in, you start your turbine up and you go out into flight box one and away you go. Okay. So you want a maximum four planes in the air at a time? Yeah, maximum four planes in the air. Um, it's not always the case that there's always four planes in the air, but up to four planes. We do. We do. If it's really busy, we've we've had five in the air, but four's a nice number. Yeah, and I think uh, no doubt if there's a nice jet about to go up, a lot of people want to sit back and take in the sight rather than go and yeah. fly with them. So I know I'll be doing a fair bit of that. Uh, the oh, I've got to wear high vis vests. I read high vis vests on yep. the air side. Yep. Um, yep. So I'll have mine packed. Uh, fuel is available, I hear. That was well, at one point in time it wasn't going to be there, but it is there. So we can get Jet A1 at the uh, at the airport. Can get Jet right? A1 at the airport. Yep, which yeah, is good. That's going to be handy. Um, it is, yeah. yeah. They're, they're doing some um, renovations there, moving the bowels. So it was a bit of, we weren't quite sure if that would get moved prior to or not. But no, it's, it's definitely we do have fuel. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. What about food and things mm. like that? Do I need to bring a yeah, back lunch food. or? No, we've got food vans there, um, from coffee to baked potatoes to your general mix of different foods. So we'll have that there for the four days, which is good. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be fun. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, it's well, going to be good. It's always a good event. What are the numbers looking like? Because well, like this this podcast is coming out on a Wednesday, so we're talking about tomorrow the event starts. What are the numbers looking like so far? Really good. Really good. I, I suspect, I don't know exactly, I haven't checked on numbers uh, today, but I think, you know, you'll be up and around 50 pilots um, and most people will bring two or three jets. So you, you're probably looking at, you know, anywhere for 100 plus uh, planes sitting on the deck. That's going to be great. I, I can't wait. Which, yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's, it's one of those events where, you know, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm coming up on the Friday and Saturday and, Friday's a day that I want to sort of fly the plane. Yeah, on Saturday, yes. if I don't get an opportunity to fly, I'm fine because I'll be taking plenty of photographs. I want to video yeah. it as well so I can share that, you know, that that experience. Some people say to me, why don't I make these videos? It was like, well, you went there and I want to show it to you. And so it's a great, great, you know, great oh, way to, to, spread, to spread the yeah. word. But um, I, I want to do a good job on this one. I, I'm preparing all my gear. I know what I want to take, which lenses, and I'm – you know, that kind of thing. So I'll, I'll make a bit of effort so I can capture some good footage. Uh, it's going to be hard with some of the jets that go really fast to try to get them, but uh, but we'll, we'll, I'll work it out. But, you know, it's all mm. about positioning. But uh, Fantastic. So, so that's going to be awesome. What about in the evenings? What happens in the evenings? People, you know, with, with, with an all, you know, we're not at a traditional flying field. We all have to leave the field and most mm -hmm. people are staying in Wangaratta. Does, is it quite yep. social around the event in the evenings? Yeah, it is. So pretty much we make a decision and we all get together at, at one of the venues because we like to support Wangaratta as well as a community. Um, so going there for the jet meet is fantastic, but also going there on the social aspect, like you said before, is, is also great too. So we tend to say or make a decision whether it be, you know, the pink 
Pincrest Hotel or something like that, and we all just book it and or v, as VJAA, we book it saying that we've got 20, 30 people coming and uh, we get all the tables side by side and then, yeah, we, we sit back and talk about the day. Yeah, I think it's a big part of it as well that I'm looking forward to. It's so. a huge part of it, yeah. I'll be there on the Friday yeah, night. Uh, yeah, so no, and you've inspired me. You've inspired me out of all my jets. I'm going to take my Viper this year. Oh, cool. Uh, what size yeah, is your Viper? Uh, 2.6 metre wingspan. Oh, yeah, it's bigger uh, than mine. Yeah, it's got a... Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's good. It's a beautiful plane. Like what turbine have you got in there? I've got a two ten King taking it. Oh, okay, so it's a big one. Yeah, is yeah, it it's a red Ferrari scheme. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, no, it's well, one of my favourite jets. I love it. It's yeah. I, I can't wait to fly mine. I'm actually really calm about flying it. I think that uh, that um, I, I got to the point where you know when you 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 you've reached that point in your in your hobby that you've got a good baseline of skill. That yep. you know, you can. I can fly a plane. If you give me anything, and I could fly it. Um, yep. And so I, I just back myself in now, and I, I, I talk myself up. You know, before I'm going to go and fly a new plane or something to be bigger on a shorter strip or whatever that yep. might be out of the ordinary for me. I just go, well, wait a second. You know how to fly? Have you checked the weather forecast? Do you know what it's going to be like? Yeah, the weather's looking really good. Um, so we've got four magic days. Well, this is what I looked at an hour ago. Mm. We have four four really good days, sunshine, 20, so it's not too hot. Uh, Thursday, Friday, we've got a slight crosswind, but only like five or six knots, which is nothing. Mm. And Saturday, Sunday's looking fantastic, straight down the strip. Yeah. Nice. At about 10 knots, so which is just perfect for jets. Yeah, I said he's going to be great. I, you know, I remember so, yeah. the last Wang Jets, the problem that I had was it was sort of pretty windy, wet day. And I think I saw two models fly all day. And that's not great, you know, when you want to take photographs. Yeah. So I got a lot of lot of planes on the ground, but not in the air. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to, to just, yeah, just getting amongst it. Now, after yeah. the Wang Jets, you, you also fly at Mangalore down here. What's that like? Because I think from memory... They don't shut the airport down for you. There's there's full size planes flying on another strip. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. 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 yeah look. Yeah. Sorry, go on. That amazes me. How, how does how does you manage flight flight the the, the airspace with, with that going on? Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. It's a different. It's a totally different uh, area and different scenario at Mangalore. But it's um. Yeah. No. Look. It's worked fine. It's the same thing. We've been in Mangalore for for a very long time. Mangalore is a really nice strip too. Um, I enjoy there. It's a it's a bit different to Wang. Wang's my favourite strip of anywhere I think I've ever flown. Um, but yeah, Mangalore's a, yeah, a special spot. Actually, I like it. It's it's very enjoyable. Yeah. Well, once I get my plane. Have you been to Mangalore? No. Oh, look, I haven't been to Mangalore when there've been jets flying. Like, to be honest, yeah. I haven't been to Mangalore in. Oh, more than 20 years. But the plan is that now, once I blow the cobwebs out of the jet, at the Wang jets, yeah. that, yeah, if I'm available, I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to turn up and uh, and uh, get yeah. involved in it. So um, I just hope I don't get hooked, end up like Steve Wilcox with these uh, mega big planes. That's hard not to. That's the... See, <laughs> That's hard not okay, to. Okay, I want to talk a bit about that because I think jets are a funny thing that, the first thing that people think of, especially those that sort of aren't involved, think, gee, those jets are expensive. And they can be. It's like anything in the hobby, I think, that you could spend as much as you want. You know, you've got sure. some monster giant scale turbines, but put that in the context of, say, a prop plane, they can cost a fortune as well. Like, people forget that here in Australia at the moment with the exchange rate and all that kind of stuff, to put together a good 100cc extreme flight plane with a with a yep. DA motor and great servos and all the good gear, you're, you're looking at around eight thousand dollars to put Absolutely. one of those hundred cc. It's gone up a little bit because the exchange rate when we were sort of many years ago when I was selling planes and it was dollar for dollar with the US dollar, the Aussie dollar to the US dollar, it was a bit cheaper. Mm -hmm. But it's 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 a bit more expensive at the moment down here. Now for eight thousand dollars, you can buy a turbine. It's, I think it's you're not going to get a giant scale turbine, but you're going to get a turbine. Like I paid yep. a lot less than that, and I got my jet. Uh, sure. You know, but um, to, to anybody that says that jets are expensive, what what do you say? 
I don't reckon. I think, well, they are, they are, like you said, in, you know, when you get into the scale, larger stuff or unique stuff, they, they certainly can be. But I, I think as a beginner's side of things, so when you're tran- making that transition, you can already fly and you want to um, go to the next, I, I wouldn't say level, but I think to try something a little bit different exciting and fly a turbine. Um, yeah, look, I think you can get into it. If you're building one new, you're probably looking anywhere between a, a beginner's jet, between four and five and a half. If you're looking for something secondhand, you know yourself, you can get anything from two and a half to, you know, 4,000. And it just goes up from there. But like you said, you know, I've built, I'm building a Pilot RC MX 210 inch at the moment and had a lonely every bit of, you know, probably 7K. Um, I've got a calf joker, the Eurosport doesn't own me that, you know. Um, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, they are affordable. I don't think they're not affordable when it doesn't become affordable, is when you start getting into I want six jets in my hangar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, that's I always say that there, I've met the two, two schools of thought in the hobby. There's the people that say, I just want more. You know, and so what I'm going to do is buy cheaper stuff. You know, I want every possible word bird that I can get my hand on. I, I know a guy, I'm not going to mention his name, but he says to me all the time, he goes, I would rather have 100 average planes than 10 awesome planes. You know, that is, he said, there's always another one that I want. And so I have to buy cheaper stuff or whatever. I go, because I enjoy the flying side of things, I really like models that fly well. That are designed sure. to fly well, yep. like an extreme flight plane. I've got lots of 3D hobby shop planes and, and you know, that kind of thing. And because I'm into aerobatics and I'm into flying. Uh, and so I, I made that choice many years ago to make sure that I buy good gear. And and I love reliability because I don't want to be building and maintaining planes. You know, COVID was great though. I got the whole hang of flying, but nothing disappoints me is having reliability issues with a model and a model that I have to second guess. So I'd rather over-engineer a model to know that it's going to be fine and put good gear in it that's reliable. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. And I, I went through the same thing. I like. I think most of us in the hobby do it. Everyone does it, Andrew. Like you go through a stage, you just buy a lot of planes and you keep, you know, moving on from it. And I, I probably about four years ago said, no, I've had enough of this and literally sold most of everything out of my hangar and I sat there for a piece of paper and wrote down what do I really want to fly and jets were definitely one of them um I mean I still had some planes in my hangar I didn't get rid of everything never gonna I just get got rid of, rid of no but I got rid of all the stuff that I, I didn't really need and uh and I just went through okay I want to do a little bit of aerobatic I want a warbird and I want to fly jets and then i just categorized what would be my most favorite plane and i've sort of limited it down to you know a few jets and a few prop planes now which i've still got and but um and be be efficient at what you've actually got rather than having heaps of planes and being bamboozled well to me i've got a shortage of space i actually get frustrated like the other thing for me is I hate having to make that choice as to what to go and fly. Almost like having too many models means I've got it's a more complex decision to make. So, for example, I've got 200cc aerobatic planes. I only need one. Having two of them plays on my mind. I don't want to sell them, but I, I say to people, if I if I lost one, touch wood, I'm not replacing it because I've got I only need one. I've got a 30cc aerobatic plane, which I love flying, you know, and, you know, if that was the only plane that I owned, I'd be happy with that because it's it's just that reliable plane that it does what it's supposed to do. Mm, mm, totally agree. Totally agree. Look, I, I, I stopped myself from going by another jet at the moment because there is something else I've got in, in my mind that I want. And I just said, do I really need another jet? Mm, no, yeah. not at this point. Now, actually, let's go um, through your hangar. Yeah. What, what, what jets have you currently got in your hangar? Uh, it was Skymaster F16, um, which is a, a really nice jet. I've got the Fabeo Viper, which I'll take to to Wang. Uh, I've got a Calf Euro, which I'll take to Wang as well, because that's just me 
old pair of slippers. I love flying yeah, it. It's good fun. Um, yeah, I've got a calf joker, and that's it. That's it. My jet range at the moment, um, which is which is plenty for me. Um, oh, that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. It, look, it is. Yeah, that's a really good selection, though. I really like that selection because you've got everything from you know the F sixteen Warbird traditional kind of jet. You got the sport jet kind of stuff as well. You know, which you can throw around yep. a bit. Viper jet could go either way as a scaly. Uh, the Joker's fast, yep. isn't it? Yeah, the Joker's fast. The Joker, to be honest with you, is, is my grass field jet. Um, it's just a great plane for for taking down to me, me local field and flying and keep the keep the fingers on the, the turbine side of things. Uh, uh, Eurosport's always uh, you know, I've never heard anybody who's owned a Eurosport say that they don't, didn't like the plane. Yeah, they're fantastic. They really are. Mm. And you can do a lot with them. You know, a lot of people turn around and go, oh, yeah, they're like a Commodore, you know, everyone's got one. But mm. um, you can, I've seen some pretty good flights with Euros. You can put, you can uh, put thrust vectoring on them, can't you? You can put thrust vectoring, but even if it's out thrust vectoring, you know, you can set the, the canards up to operate like a flap where you can wrench them on and, and if you've got enough power, if you've got one with a decent engine and a decent mm. turbine, um, not quite, I wouldn't say hover because you can't do that, but you can certainly high alpha them. And with smoke on, they just look fantastic. Mm. Mm. And uh, so there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot you can do. You can fly fast, you can fly slow, you can fly them across wind. Um, yeah, they're, they're really good, good versatile plane. You mentioned that, uh, you know, You've got your sights set on something. You know what? What models would you like to own? Like, what's you know? For, for me, there's a couple of planes that you know. I say before I die, I'm gonna have to own. You know, like a, a super chipmunk. There's just I, I just love super chipmunks because you know from when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. I know I want to have one at some at some point in time. What, what are what are the models that you really aspire to own? Definitely a big uh, big tomahawk, a big uh, F eighty six. I think would be. That'd be my ultimate jet. And that, that's something I will eventually do, no doubt. Um, but not quite yet. Um, they just—I don't know if you've seen them at all. The yeah, the big Tomahawk uh, F86s are just—I love F86s. F16, F86s are my two real jets that I love. Mm. And uh, yeah, but um, definitely, definitely a big F86. What about prop planes? I kind of like it. Yeah, I kind of really. Looking forward to seeing these um, uh, top RC Voyager, and we're going yeah. to see a couple of them at Wang Fly. Yeah, okay. Uh, because there's a couple that's just been built, so um, well, I should say one that's been built. And Phil um, from Jet Products has got another one. He's bringing that down, and they're just a big sports jet that. Seem to really fly really well, so I'm, I'm mm. yeah excited to see one of them fly. But that's definitely those two would probably be something I look forward to in the future. F eighty six, I've been saying the F eighty six for the last five years. Everyone that knows me, mm. I've sort of been saying I want to be F eighty six. Well, you've still but, got time. You don't have to rush it. No, no, no. It is something I just buy and slowly build, and that way it doesn't hurt the pocket so bad. What size? What, what size motor and stuff would be in that? Uh, 300, 320. Okay, so it's a big, big model there. Yeah, yeah, it's a big bird. It's a, it's a monster bird. And they just, um, they fly really well. And I've sort of priced them up over the years, but when I do price them up, it's always the dollar's really lousy. And Yeah. Oh, just That's the thing. This, you know. I, look, I used to bring in the 3D Hobby Shop planes way back in like 2013, I started doing it. That's and right. The, yeah. it was, the dollar was parody. And so... You know, I was selling a hundred cc aerobatic plane for about one thousand three hundred fifty, just the, the airframe. It's the same yep. thing is now eighteen hundred dollars plus, and that's just that's an exchange crazy. rate. It's like it, it, you add twenty percent up to thirty thirty percent extra just to yep. get just to the cost, just because of the exchange rate. Not to mention anything else, increase of costs and all that kind of stuff. But you know, it, it's it has increased, and it just I don't know. And it's it's not often that we get. Our exchange rates are really good against the US dollar, and the whole hobby works nah. on the US dollar. So we just got to wait and buy our time, and then uh, investment buy. That's what we need to do, or or we need to make more money. There's two options here. You know, we just need to maybe you know work a bit harder or something until we can earn it. But yep. But no, nah, that's yep. some nice planes there. Now, how often are you getting out to fly yep. nowadays? 
uh pretty much most weekends if i'm if i'm not you know doing uh if i'm not racing cars or um flying full size i i i get uh i'm down at the local airfield pretty much most weekends we try to make one day of it uh, on the weekend to to keep flying uh, but as you know i've got prop planes as well so that's they they could get a good good workout down the local field yeah we're pretty lucky to get out there at least once a week i'd be happy with that uh mm. i was talking to a friend today and he said oh are you gonna come to this event in ben's Dale? and i said yeah when is it he said oh middle of may i said yeah look we can pencil that one in but i can tell you what i'm doing for the next four or five weekends already well got, <laughs> yeah. like i'm flying this week you know with wangaratta and then you know yep other things up in the country and different things to get that I, that i do so it's uh it's, yeah. it's I, flew, I flew down Bandstar with the Jets. We done a, a VJAA yeah. down there. And how did that go? Because the Bandstar Club they extended the runway, and 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 Tony there who's been on the podcast was he he yeah. told me oh, ages ago that he really wanted to encourage. I've never met someone that wanted to encourage people to come to the field from wherever they are. And and I said to him, "Have you spoken to the Jet people? Because if you've extended the runway, they love long runways, and it's a good flying space. How did it go? Brilliant." Fantastic bunch of guys, fantastic yeah. airfield. And, you know, there's a lot to be said about setups of clubs. And that's one club that is just has a fantastic setup. The way the pits are set up with fully undercover, we were there on a 32-degree day and we're completely sheltered. The planes were sheltered. Um, and it just the flight line, walking out the flight lines, a really good setup. Um, yeah, can't, can't rave enough. It I was a bit sceptical at first because I'm not big. Grassfield flyer for mm. the for my turbines, but um, we kept an open mind with them, and yeah, absolutely hanging to go back there. There's something in the water out in that Gippsland way where they just do a great job. Like my, another one of my favourite clubs is the club down at its sale, and yep, best grass strip I've ever seen. Like it is a bowling green, and I'm, this is not just the strip, but is a bowling green. The whole entire pit area is a bowling green. And a, and a, yeah. a lot of the reason is what is because they have jet flyers there and, the, and they want a beautiful strip. But it is sure. perfect for jet jet use. It is a phenomenal. And and the thing that I think makes it is the people. And I, and I experienced that with Bairnsdale. Uh, and I, am, I owe them a video. I said that I was going to – they asked me if I could shoot a video to, to give them an overview, you know, have something they put on their website to show people the club. Because now, the, the, okay, the runway's good and they've extended the runway, but all the other facilities that go there with showers and toilets and, you know, they're setting the place yeah, up to be great. a great place for an event, for anybody to come in where there's room for people to put their caravans and camp and all that kind of stuff. I just really, yep. really like what what's happening in that part of the world and that's why I've, I've put it in my calendar to want to go there and because, yeah. I just want to be, again, I just want to be part of it. I just want to go there. And I, last time I was there, I had a ball and the – you know, the flying mm. space was awesome. And because I don't have the magazine anymore, you know, every time I went to these events, it'd be getting content for the magazine. Now it's more have a bit of fun, take a few photographs, and, you know, share the experience a little bit, but then also yeah. have a bit more fun. So, and aren't they are, a great bunch of guys. Like, they're really, they're so welcoming. Doesn't matter who you are, they are so welcoming. Yes. To a club, you know? It's like, and as I said, it's 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 Bensdale Club and the Sale Club, and and the members really support each other. Like you know, they they go to each other's events. Um, you know, they're not too too far away from each other. But the um, there is something there. And I, I used to go with my mate Edo, and and he yeah. used to love going out that way because he said yeah. they're just so welcoming. We don't. I love country clubs. I love getting out of Melbourne and flying at a country club. That is my preference by far. You know, I'm a member of the Pakenham Club, and there's 170 members. Mm -hmm. They don't get much bigger as far as flying clubs go. And as you can imagine, every weekend is almost like a flying event because there's that many people there. And I was yes. thinking about this the other day that sometimes, you know, I've got the video of the Monty Tyrrell event, and sometimes I feel it just feels like a slightly bigger normal club day um, because yeah. it's such a big place. But... When you go to Bairnsdale or Sale or Echuca, you know, the Echuca Club's got their event coming up as well. Same, Actually, same weekend as uh, this upcoming weekend, actually, is the Wang Jets. They've got their um, thing. And, and normally I go to that, but I've chosen this time to go to the Jet event. But uh, there's just something well. Like, I, I turn up to the Echuca Club just to have a, a fly with some mates and 
the president comes out and Fred West will come out and just to say good day. I heard you're in yeah. town coming for a fly and I thought I'd come and say good day. Look, I'm a nobody, but these guys sort of go out of their way to, to come and say good day, which I just, you know, yeah. it makes you want to keep makes, going back. That's right. They're great ambassadors, aren't they, for the sport? Yeah. I, I, can't, yeah. I can't wait to get back to Shepparton for the Mammoth event, which no doubt you'll be there. Yeah, um, yep. I'll have another crack at the ship with the pits again with the new engine. In well, it. yeah. So you had this big, you've got this big Hempel <laughs> pits, haven't you? Yes. That's yeah, that's yeah, a beautiful plane. Yeah, fifty percent uh, pits challenger. And so what's Which, the- as you know, I took it to Shep last time. Yeah, so I was a little bit frustrated. I had a, a split in the reed block, um, and what it was doing was on the ground. We're testing it. It was absolutely fantastic. As soon as I put it in the air, it had just dead stick. Hmm. And um, it, what it was doing, the, the engine was heating up and it had a tiny little hairline crack in the reed block and it was opening up and just leaning out and, and dead sticking. Hmm. And, um, yeah, so I've put a, a new DLE-232 in it hmm. and uh, it's been flying really good. So oh, I'm excited yeah. I'll, yeah, to get back there. and Because uh, as you remember, I think I... I got it up there and I yeah. my mate Paul with me at the time and he said, yeah, it seems like it's going to go around. I went around once and <laughs> I got a knife edge to a dead stick landing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I managed to get some photos of it just before that happened. But I'll tell you what, thankfully you got it back in one piece because you don't want to lose a model like that. You can always replace an engine. No. Replacing a kit like that is be very, very hard to do. And, um, and that's, again, yep. one of those planes. You know, when you get a big giant scale plane like that, to yep. me, it's if if I owned a plane like that, it's almost not about it's not just about me owning that plane. It's about sharing that plane with other people because I know that it puts smiles on people's faces. There's one question that uh, I always finish up with my signature move, and that is, what has been your favourite model so far that you've owned? Hmm, my favourite model. Um... Probably would have to say, out of all the models or out of jets or oh, all the models, all the models. Um, probably, definitely. Despite just saying that I had engine issues with the the pits, definitely probably the pits. Um, it just puts a smile on my face. Yeah, it's a real hard one. It, the the pits is definitely a has a special spot. And probably the Viper would be the other one, but but yeah, yeah. If I had to choose one, it'd be the Pits because every time I fly it, it's, it does. Yeah, it's exciting. It's big. Um, it yeah, it puts on a, it puts. I guess yeah, a smile on my face, and and that's probably what one of the reasons we do it, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, you know what? It's funny how as you as you were just talking in that. I was thinking back how that feeling that you have sometimes when you look at a plane, and mm. it's hard to describe it in words, but sometimes it's a visual thing for me. Like, I love looking at my Viper jet. I just love the lines of a Viper jet, always have. The full-size mm. one and the models, um, you know, to me, it's just what I love, you know, in mm. a jet and, and also what that jet stands for as well. But, you know, I can look at anyone and go, oh, that's a beautiful thing. I just love the lines of it. But um, mm. but yeah, that that bond you have with the plane—it's like my thirty cc aerobatic plane, which is sort of the big, you know, the first bigger plane that I that I got, and it was actually the size plane that got me into bringing in the three D hobby shop planes. Um, that led to it, and uh, mm. there's something about that little extra that I've got that I've got a soft spot for. I look at it in the trailer, and I just think you're just such a good plane. You just do everything right. And yep. I know that when I pull you out, it's going to be fine and it's going to be predictable. And every time I fly it, I know I'm going to like it. And, uh, you know, I've never, I actually don't never really talk about that plane much, but I'd probably say that's probably hmm. my favorite plane just because of that. But, and, you know, it's interesting. Yep. A lot of people, when I ask that question, it's, it's that plane represents something to them sometimes, you know, you know, whether it be with the plane that I took to the world champs and did well in or, you know. Yeah, it's a bond, isn't it? It's a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely so, a bond. It's, you know, you, you, You've owned race cars, drag cars, and stuff like that. Yep. Do you have that similar bond with cars sometimes, with those those, those special kind of cars? Yeah, you do. Mm. You do definitely. Um, you get you get yeah. You, you get a car that just doesn't give you grief, and 
I guess, like the model. Um, and uh, or if it does, you know, you get through it and you come out the other side and you go well, you know, both of us uh, are doing okay. But yeah. and that's why I guess why I say the pitch, you know, I even when it does dead stick on me, I never sort of look at it and go, oh, here we go, yeah. maybe picking this up in a box. It's like, no, you're coming back in. Determined to determined to get and and I just have that natural bond with it and feel that I just know it's coming back, you know. But uh, so I guess you know because I've been through a few things with that plane, that's probably more why it's my favourite. Mm-hmm. And I suppose you're you're like saying the same thing with your your choice of plane. Yeah. The um, how does it fly that big plane? Because it's a mighty big plane. It flies really well. Um, it's good for the really big aerobatics of smoke on, and I've got a. I actually put a a change of pump from a Sullivan to a um, a Powerbox one. I put a Jet one in there, which pumps quite mm. a, a lot more smoke through it than the uh, petrol plane Powerbox pump. Yeah. So it's got a yeah. That's why people go to me. Geez, that plane really bellows out smoke mm-hmm. because it's got it's got a jet pump in it. But um, yeah, I just love it. Smoke on comes through, and it just you can you can fly with the plane if that makes sense instead of in mm. front of it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Where, what um what smoke oil are you using? Because there was a discussion down the the field the other day about it's hard to get smoke oil at the moment. It is. It is. Um, that's smoke on. Apparently, they're still going to do it. Um, so we're just waiting for them to make up a new batch. But yeah, a little bit hard at the moment to get it anywhere. I asked you to come on last week. I thought, you know, we've got the Wang Jets coming up. I'm, I'm in a jet kind of mood and yeah. I want to want to talk to somebody in the yeah. know and you're the man in the know. And again, look, a big thank you, and I mean this, that you've really helped me on my jet journey. You've been the guy that I've rung up and sure. said, hey, Greg, what do you reckon about this? Actually, even before I bought yeah. the model, I think I had a chat with you. So um, You did, yeah. I really appreciate uh, the input that you had and uh, hopefully I'll do you proud by getting up in the air this weekend at the, at the Wang You Jets. will. Now, before I go, um, if anybody sure. wants to find out more about the Vic Jet Association, what's a good way to do it? You know, there's a website, yeah. Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. VJAA uh, Facebook page. Um, you can go on that. You can go on, we do have a website as well. Or you can go on to Team App and you'll get information there. But with Team App, I will say you have to join up Team App. Yeah. A lot of people go on it and they don't join up and they try to get in and they don't get anything they off get the, the site. Yeah. They don't get the details. So you do have to join up. And then once you log in, you just go on the BJAA site and it'll give you all the information there for the the uh, event coming yeah. up and any, any, any future events coming up for the BJAA as well. Well, that's right. The way that I see it is you know, the VJAA has got a, a website with sort of generic information. This team app website yep. is really all for all the events and you stay in the know with all that. Uh, and then, of course, I always found the Facebook page to be really good as well. So if you search VJAA, yep. I can't remember what the exact thing is, you'll, you'll get the Victorian Jet Association uh, yep. uh, page and there's Victorian always lots Jet of stuff. Spot, yeah. That's the one, yeah. So yep. it's, uh, it's going to be a good event. Big thank you, Greg. Look forward to spending some time with you this week and uh, all the best with your flying. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Andrew. About to leave, already packing. Come with me, I'm not really asking. We'll get away to a place where we don't know. That's it for another episode of the Flat Out RC podcast. Big thank you to Greg Escort for joining me on today's episode, this week's episode, episode 48 or something. I can't believe it's been that many. It's uh, been a big commitment, but um, I really enjoy doing it. So that's why I keep on doing it. When I don't enjoy it, I will stop at some point in time if I'm not enjoying it. Um, or slow it down. I'll do something. But anyway, we're still committed to doing it. Or I'm still committed to myself to do this. Uh, as I said, big week for me. Turbine, flying, can't wait. I'll give you a report. Okay. Touching wood that everything's going to go well. And I'll give you a report for next week's episode and uh, give you the lowdown. Uh, videos coming, planning shooting a video at the event. Uh, I've got another video that I'm started editing. So yeah, subscribe to Flat Out RC YouTube channel. That's the big one that I'm trying to improve. Tell your friends, get on board. Don't forget, give me any feedback uh, as to what you'd like to see on the or here on the podcast. Jump onto the flatoutrc.com.au website. 
send me a message or via Facebook or Instagram on the Flat Out AC, Flat Out RC channel. I'm saying Flat Out RC a lot of them would confuse myself. You know what it is, you're listening to it. Anyway, hope you're having a good week. Uh, hope you're getting out to have a fly. Hopefully the weather's good wherever you are. Hope that the COVID situation is under control wherever you are so that you are able to get out flying. So please enjoy and I'll be back next week for more. Thanks. Thank you.